And welcome back to the Livingston Parish News Weekly Show. This is Group Therapy. It's where we sit down as a staff and talk about what's going on in Livingston Parish. I am joined today by a man. I'm going to let him introduce himself real quick. Go ahead, sir. Hey, this is David Gray, Lifestyle Editor with the Livingston Parish News. And you all notice that we are missing the sports editor, Rob DeArmond. He is on vacation. He is a traitor. He will be uh, punished when he comes back. I hope he listens to this and knows, so he'll be stressed out his entire vacation. <laughs> so, uh, but no, we, uh, you know, now is the best time for a sports writer to go on vacation. We're kind of in between those summer sports and the start of football. And boy, Rob works hard. Uh, and and I gave you the same grace, uh, but but Rob does work hard, so he earned that time off. So we'll you be getting one soon. <laughs> uh, no. Uh, <laughs> so we do uh, we do appreciate all of Rob's hard work, and we hope he enjoys his vacation. So it's just going to be David and I talking today. Going to be a quick show, uh, but a lot to run through. So first and foremost, um, we do want to talk about uh, it's been five years. It's hard to believe time flies, uh, but it has been five years since a very tragic incident uh, that occurred in Baton Rouge uh, that left several officers wounded and, and killed several others. And uh, there was a, a celebration of life, but also a, a remembering the fallen uh, type of event in Baton Rouge. And there was an event uh, uh, here locally, uh, I think that has extended into Baton Rouge, uh, trying to, um, you know, put officer safety first. And so first and foremost, David, kind of walk us through uh, not necessarily what happened five years ago, but how we are remembering these folks uh, and then the event that came with it. Well, I mean, I guess you, to do it, you kind of do have to talk about what happened five years ago. That was, um, you know, that uh, we're obviously we're talking about uh, the time July seventeenth, two thousand sixteen, which I mean, if people remember in the greater greater Baton Rouge area, that's just like that six week stretch from when Alton Sterling was killed, then the three officers Matthew Gerald, Brad Garofalo, and Montreal Jackson were uh, killed by a gunman, and then. You know, less than a month after that, you had the flood. I mean, that was just like uh, I just one of the most brutal six, seven week stretches that I, you know, if you've lived in this area, you you remember all of that stuff. And I, you know, I remember that morning hearing about a gunman, you know, uh, shooting officers on Airline Highway, and that's you know, two miles away from where my parents live. You know, so I mean, just you know, it's hard to kind of not think about that personal connection. I mean, even though yes, I didn't know the officers, but I mean. I'm worried about my parents and, you know, and then they had, then you talk to some of these people who, uh, uh, Miss Rindy, Rindy Richard, she lives in Walker. She was a, she worked at the police department and she's getting these calls, you know, she's recalling that day of, you know, hearing the phone calls and her officer, I mean, her husband was also an officer. The scariest moment to her is she was talking about, she heard him saying, I'm on my way there, you know, just kind of, you know, just that surreal feeling, knowing that that's something that these officers sign up for. I mean, it's a risk they all take. And it was just, uh, there There was a ceremony at the Be Quick, the convenience store on Airline Highway in Baton Rouge. And something I didn't even realize is that, you know, all the three officers who died were all from Wimson Parish and all the ones who were injured, Nick Toulier, uh, Chad Montgomery, Bruce Simmons, all from Livingston Parish. And, you know, two of them have recovered. Nick Toulier, I mean, we all know, you know, Nick is still battling every single day. His parents, you know, have basically become his caretakers. Uh, the Nick Toulier Strong Facebook page, I mean, that's a very dedicated group. Um, but it was just, you know, Saturday was all about reflection on that. Um, 
the former police chief, uh, Jeff LaDuff in Baton Rouge, he spoke. I mean, he gave some very powerful testimony, you know, uh, talked about Montreal Jackson, how he gave him the single best answer. That's what I started my story with. Uh, whenever Jeff LaDuff would hire new recruits, he'd bring them into the office, say, what's why should I hire you? Basically ask everyone that question. And he said Montreal gave the best answer that he's ever gotten. And he always said was, I'll never let you down. And Jeff Duff said he never did. That was just kind of, you know, and just seeing these people come together. I mean, there was, you know, dozens of people people there. Uh, uh, Bruce Simmons, Chad Montgomery, they were there. Uh, you could see the tattoo that uh, Chad Montgomery got on his right forearm. It has the date above an American flag, July seventh, July seventeenth, two thousand sixteen. So I mean, it was just, uh, it was just you know, just hard at times being there. Uh, Matthew Gerald's wife, uh, widow, was there with her kids, including the one that she didn't know that she was pregnant with at the time that her husband died. I mean, just you know, it's something that. It was five years ago, but it's still go. It's still happening to these people to this day. Which I mean, that that's really to me the part that just that just sticks out the most. Right, and I, you know, some of these guys were from Livingston Parish. Uh, we know that Nick Tuye uh, continues his battle, uh, but we do know that. Um, Mr. Brad Garofalo. Yes, Garofalo. I, I, I don't even. I, I know I've messed it up. I get twisted with all these uh, Louisiana <laughs> get, get last names. That, it, it's it's a culture. Mm-hmm. There's a last name culture here. Uh, but Mr. Brad Garofalo, his his daughter uh, lives yeah. out here, and had a very um, had a very good idea trying to come up with money uh, for vests. And boy, within 24 hours, I mean, the, the the goal had been blown out of the water. Yeah. So initially, she this is something she started last year, and you know she was able to get the uh, I believe she got two vests last year. Uh, I can't remember the exact number, but she um, this year she decided to she wanted to see if she could get five, and she got that within 24 hours. So she's like, all right, let's shoot for ten. So uh, Friday, uh, the 16th, yeah, Friday, July 16th, she was at uh, just over $10,000, and then um, and then after the day after the anniversary, she had surpassed the $15,000 needed to buy these angel armor vests, and it was just, it was just, talking to her, she, she, she was just, um, you could, t- you could hear the passion that she had about it, she, you know, this is obviously something that affected her greatly, she was, 14 years old when her 15 years old excuse me when her father died so i mean she you know he missed out on all the you know high school stuff prom graduation all of that stuff so so this is just something that she's just taken on herself to do and she says she wants to make it an annual thing to do in his honor just her way of just remembering him and uh like i said she passed the goal you know as soon as uh uh, the day after the the anniversary, she passed the goal. And she's going to be able to do this, and she wants to do it every year. And she she also talked about she doesn't want other families to go through same thing she went through. And you know, she said her father was wearing a vest, but not one of these 
these Angel Armor vests are fifteen hundred dollars a piece. They're specially made. They're light. They're but they're these are the vests that you know now that all of these organizations are trying to buy. You, uh, we've done the stories on Officer Levi, the you know the young boy from Watson who raises money to buy these Angel Armor vests because they make a difference. They they could you know they could be the difference between life and death. And just seeing the community rally behind her and you know rally behind all the people who lost someone that day. I mean not just her. Like I said, uh, Desha Jerry the w widow of uh, Matthew Gerald who died. I mean, the community is rallied behind her. She told me that, you know, that anytime she called, even was just moving houses recently, they were there for her, like the officers. And so it's um, just these people just trying to, to carry out the legacies that their loved ones left behind. And it's tough. You know, we're always reminded of, of what's left behind. You know, it, it's, and it's especially tough for families when you when you think about it from that angle, because uh, I think you covered it well earlier. You know, this is still happening yeah. to these families, and you know, this is still very real uh, for them. It's not just a remembrance; it's a, it's a life. Yeah, Mike uh, Montrell Jackson's family, uh, his widow, they they did a school, back to school drive recently in Central. I mean, you know, just like they're all doing their own thing. Like she started a foundation; they all do their own things to carry out the legacies of those that were left behind. And I mean, I mean, of those that, that uh, they've lost. So it just shows how powerful, you know, how powerful love can be when it, when, especially when you use it to do great things like this. So speaking of those uh, who we have lost, we haven't had a episode uh, in, in, in about two weeks during that time, uh, former governor Edwin Edwards passed away. Uh, it was kind of an interesting uh, flow of events you know, suddenly in, in sort of a very nonchalant way, um, you know, and, and of course him being the uh, ever, ever witty, ever sharp <laughs> Edwin Edwards uh, just said, you know, look, I'm, I'm, I'm putting myself in hospice care. Uh, it's just a precaution. So I don't put myself on my family, you know, it, yeah. not a whole lot of pomp and circumstance to it, uh, which was a little strange for him. Um, but, you know, not long after he did pass. Uh, yeah. So we kind of moved through that. Uh, you were able to, um, I know, go check out the funeral procession, yeah. uh, see him laid in state. So tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, they were uh, last weekend. They had uh, he was uh, he was uh, displayed in honor at the state capitol uh, on Saturday. Uh, there was public viewing all day. People were able to go there, you know, just you know, you know, pay their last respects. And then Sunday, he there was a uh, funeral procession that started at the state capitol and went to the old state capitol where the service was held. The service was close to the public and the media. It was just, you know, family members, close friends, that sort of thing. They wanted to keep it very, uh, very personal, which, I mean, you know, obviously that is, that is well within your rights as the family to be able to do that. And, but I mean, he was, uh, he was given the full, I guess, honor of someone of his position, you know, would, would expect to get it. Like, like it's been said every time in every story, he was Louisiana's only four term governor. He uh, spent a lifetime in politics, serving the people of the state. And, you know, regardless of what your politics are, some agree with him, some don't, you know, I mean, obviously he had the, the time where he spent in prison. Uh, but you, he, the fact that he did dedicate his, his all, his entire adult life to, to the state of Louisiana. I mean, that that's really what people were uh, trying to pay tribute to over the last couple of weeks. And it was, uh, you know, you had American flags lined up all down uh, downtown Baton Rouge. He had a horse carriage take his casket all the way over 
to uh, from the state capitol to the old state capitol. He had the full, you know, convoy of uh, motorcycles, uh, police motorcycles that led him there. He had the Southern marching band. He had the bagpipes playing. I mean, he he got the full the whole nine yards. And I mean, like like I said, someone of his stature, you would expect nothing less for him to get that. Right, and and you know it was a. Uh, um... It, there was a lot of things said, a lot of tribute made to him, but, uh, you know, uh, Governor John Bell Edwards uh, really, you know, pulled it together and encapsulated it by saying what you just said. You yeah. know, he was the son of Louisiana. That, yeah, that was the quote that just stood out. The son, I mean, truly was, I mean, the son of Louisiana. So, so getting on to uh, some more unfortunate news, uh, unfortunately, I hate to use the double there, but it is, it is unfortunate. Uh, Delta. There the, we go. The, the, yeah. <laughs> The variant of COVID um, is starting to rear its ugly head, uh, and not just here, but nationwide. Uh, it, it's becoming a problem. Uh, the numbers are starting to uh, increase. They're considering calling this the fourth surge. Uh, it uh, is. Yeah, I, I, I guess <laughs> yeah, you could it say is, it, it, it is now. Yeah, it, it has started. Um, so first and foremost, you know, we have uh, the sort of the weekly update. Why don't you give us an idea of what the numbers look like? Well, just just to, we're filming or recording this today, July the 21st, Wednesday. Uh, today, the, the Department of Health in its noon update reported 32, uh, excuse me, 3,264 new cases. Those were confirmed cases along with 2,100 probable cases. And the total of confirmed and probable is 5,388, which is the third most since the pandemic began. So that is just to give you an idea. And in Livingston Parish, they they reported today 243 confirmed cases. Those are confirmed with a positive uh, test. That is the most since the pandemic began in Livingston Parish. So uh, that's been the message from the governor's office, Department of Health, over the last couple of weeks, especially as the state is still lagging behind uh, in vaccinations. Last week, the state reached uh, 50% of all adults have at least initiated the a vaccine series. So, I mean, it's it's moving, but not at the pace that uh, state leaders would like to see. And uh, some, you know, some stuff that they talked about last week in their press conference, which was uh, that was one of the most uh, urgent, I guess you could say, press conferences that there's been in a while. I mean, we haven't even had one of the COVID press conferences before that. I mean, it felt like for at least, you know, two or three weeks uh, since the governor was still in the session. Uh, I think he kind of just wanted a break for a little bit because he's been doing these weekly press conferences since March of 2020. But um, yeah, last week they called one. Uh, it was kind of out of the blue. And... So now they're warning about this Delta variant. They're saying, you know, of the people in the hospital, 90% of them are unvaccinated. So they're saying this is the maybe the most disheartening surge because this is the one that is said to be preventable because if people would get vaccinated, they're saying that there wouldn't be that many people in the hospital and, you know, that sort of thing. So it's, uh, so yeah, we're in it. The governor last week, he did say, you know, he is not considering mitigation measures again. I mean, we all know that in May, he kind of lifted most of all the remaining mitigation measure, measures, including the mask mandate. But, you know, he, as he always says, he's going to follow the data, the science. So, you know, there's no telling what could happen in the next couple of weeks. Uh, it's been getting, the state has reported, uh, every day has been more new cases than the day before. So, I mean, it's only a matter of time if 
he stays true to that, you know, as he's been doing since the pandemic began, that at some point he might impose some. He said that's not off the table, but as of right now, he's not. So, but like we said, that could change next week. Well, and it is important to note with the Delta variant, I think the the word you used was preventable. Uh, that is something that's been discussed from the state level. Um, you know, it, it's important that y- you can take precautions yourself. And, you know, vaccine, of course, is one of them that has been pushed. There's also a chance to win a million dollars. You yeah. know, uh, so that's out there. Um, you know, you can also try to stay six feet away from people. You know, uh, this is one of those things. And we're going to lead into this, but just as kind of a reminder for folks, school is not far. And, and we're going to talk about school here in just a minute. Uh, we don't have specific indications from Livingston Parish Public Schools, but part of that is because of the Delta variant and the fact that cases are going up, hospitalizations are going up. Of course, those are some of those key indicators we used to talk about all the time. It was nice not to have to talk about them <laughs> for a while. And yet here we are again. Uh, so want to remind folks that school is but a, a, a scant three weeks away. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, having surges like this right before school is not good. And so um, we have heard from Bessie, uh, that is the Board of Elementary and Secondary Education, uh, that uh, 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 mitigation efforts will be up to local school systems. Uh, so it, I, I don't think there's really much. There's not that, much other than one thing that, and uh, Superintendent Joe Murray, I believe you're the one who wrote that story last year, whenever the governor lifted the mask mandate and said it would be up to schools, he had said at the time, as, as well as, you know, all other school districts essentially said that students will not have to, you know, wear masks. Then if, if it's being lifted, then they will not have to wear masks. The only difference now is it is still being required. And this is a, this is a federal, uh, a federal order. So this is something that DOE is going to have to follow that in, in turn, Livingston Parish Public Schools have to follow that students would have to wear uh, face mask on school buses because that is considered public transit. So that is that as of right now, that would be the only place where a mask would be mandated would be on a school bus. Now, like I said, uh, Mr. Murphy, uh, uh, he said that last, that was in May, whenever he said that, it was three months ago. And now, you know, it'll be four months whenever school starts, but we could be in a completely different place in another two weeks. So uh, they're, you know, school systems and, you know, this isn't just Livingston Parish. They're all kind of, uh, you know, I read something this morning, West Feliciana Parish is starting to review. It's, you know, re-review the COVID policies that they had already, uh, they had already decided on. Now they're going to, you know, kind of look at them again, East Baton Rouge, it's optional for now, but you know, that could also change. So, I mean, it's this is not just a Livingston Parish thing. This is, you know, schools, st- school districts statewide are going to be paying attention over the next couple of weeks because, you know, things could change. So we'll be keeping an eye on those numbers as, and if they change, they'll change. And, you know, the, the, the school system will have to react and, and do what they have to do uh, to keep students and faculty safe. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see what happens over the next couple of weeks. But again, Delta causing problems nationwide, not just here in Louisiana, not just here in Livingston Parish. No. And Delta and another thing with schools, this one, the experts are saying, is worse on children than the other previous um, uh, strains or variants, I guess you, you could say. Uh, this, this one is actually making kids sick. So, you know, that's something to, that they'll definitely be thinking about whenever they, 
because before it was, you know, kids were, you know, less susceptible to getting really sick from the virus. We haven't had, you know, the deaths for, you know, people under 18 is much smaller than, you know, the older you get. But Delta has been said to be, to cause kids to get sicker than the other ones were. So that's something that they'll definitely think about whenever they're getting their uh, school guidelines in place. So please uh, keep an eye on the numbers. Uh, try to mitigate as best you can. You can mitigate personally. Again, uh, it was brought up. The governor said it. Uh, you know, this is this is a lamentable surge because it was preventable. Uh, so hopefully, we'll we'll see some better numbers in the future as people start to realize that this is this is not a joke uh, or a fluke. Uh, last but certainly not least, uh, Tiki Tubing has had some some hiccups uh, this year. Someone very unfortunate hiccups. I, I, uh, some tragic events, I guess you can say. Uh, but this, this most recent one, it looks like they avoided the, the bad tragedies, but they were they did have to pull some people off the river. So yeah, tell us a little bit there about was um, yeah, that was over the weekend. Uh, the Central Fire Department had to actually go help uh, Livingston Parish uh, Fire District Four. Uh, they had to because they had to bring out some special equipment. They had about fifteen people that ended up needing rescuing total. Uh, so yeah, I mean, and this this comes about a month after the passing of Keith Hilliard, who was the father of an LSU baseball pitcher who died. Uh, he, he drowned in the Amy River on Father's Day weekend. So uh, Tiki Tube, and they ended up closing down uh, Sunday and Monday, I believe. Uh, but but yeah, I mean, that's just you know this is kind of the thing that happens every year with uh, with Tiki Tubing, but you know it's just. Um, you know, these they're they're also arguing, you know, these are adults who are taking their own, you know, this is they're they're taking a chance out there by going tiki tube. And so I mean it's just uh it's a yeah, it's a tough situation, especially because tiki tube is such a, you know, fun recreational activity, but there's also these risks with uh, you know, the Amy River, especially with all the water we've been getting in recent weeks because it just seems like it's been raining every single day for the last three, four weeks. I mean, it's just making that current stronger and, you know, in some cases dangerous. So, I mean, you know, it's uh, just one of those situations where you don't really know what the answer is because, uh, you know, don't want to tell a business that they can't operate. But at the same time, there's this public safety uh, issue that is obviously coming. So we'll see if uh, anything is done about that in the uh, next few weeks. Yeah, it was, uh, it was, it told, I was I was told uh, by the parish that there are um, there are issues, but their hands are tied uh, for certain for certain parts of this. Yeah. And, you know, uh, they would have to change how they determine, uh, you know, when they close waterways, they would have to uh, change that, you know, based on high water and, and extra currents, mm -hmm. as you mentioned. So uh, it'll be interesting to see where the parish goes forward from this, the state, et cetera, because most of those uh, a lot of times the. Uh, uh, the Livingston Office of Homeland Security makes that determination after a heavy rain, you know, we're closing the waterways. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see if it comes from them or somebody else. Uh, but as of now, you know, uh, actually I saw on Facebook that Tiki Tubing had, had closed, I believe it was yesterday and today, mm -hmm. uh, due to continued rains and, and, and the water had just gotten too high yeah. for them to stick people on the river. So, uh, Mr. Gray, we appreciate you taking the time today. Yes. Uh, again, Rob, you trader. Hope you have a good vacation. <laughs> have you, fun, Rob. Yeah. <laughs>
please try to enjoy yourself. So uh, go ahead and introduce yourself, sir. It's David Gray, Lifestyle Editor with the Lifts and Pairs News. And my name is McHugh David, Publisher and Editor in the News. Appreciate you guys joining us today for the Livingston Pairs News Weekly Show. This is Group Therapy. It's where myself and usually two editors, as mentioned, Mr. Rob's on vacation. We sit down and talk about what's going on in Livingston Parish. Please remember the news is on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram, and YouTube. We are once a week in print on Thursdays at $7 a month. Get that in your mailbox. We're also online, www.livingstonparishnews.com. We do hope you guys have a great day, and we will see you next time.